Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. In September of 2020, Lamu, a Tibetan farmer and social media influencer, was attacked by her husband during a live stream. She was recording in her kitchen with about 400 of her followers watching when a man entered the kitchen. Lamu's video went blank, but followers heard her screams as her ex-husband held a knife to her neck and then set her on fire after dousing her with gasoline. She died two weeks later from her injuries. Her death has sparked domestic violence awareness and reform in China. This is her story. Hello friends, this is Twisted Travel and True Crime, and I'm your host Sandy. If you have a moment and you enjoyed today's podcast, please give us a nice review and rating on your favorite podcast platform. If you want to throw some money my way, there is a link in the show notes, or I'm sorry, the show description on how you can do that. There are choices of uh, monthly donations ranging from 2 to $10 a month, and there's also a link there if you'd like to make a one-time donation. Your contribution would help pay for this production, and I would truly appreciate it. Today's case takes us to Jinshan County in China. I searched far and wide for information on this case, and it wasn't easy to find good coverage, partly due to China's history of censorship and partly due to language barriers. I don't speak Chinese, so I had to translate some of the articles, and I believe things truly do get lost in translation. This story is from an American perspective, so I apologize in advance for nuances I may have missed. Many of the people who live in Jinjuan are Tibetan. The area is popular with tourists who come to admire the temples, the landscape of the valley, and the petals from the snowy pear trees as they whiten the land in the spring. Pictures of this area are absolutely gorgeous. In one relatively small area, there are five different landscapes including Tibetan temples, alpine meadows, lakes, valleys, and colorful forests. Lamu, like many other Chinese and Tibetans living in the area, only went by one name. Although Lamu is considered to be a small, quiet farmer, her name is recognized by millions of Chinese people and Tibetans. She was a social media influencer on Douyin, which is just like TikTok here in the United States. It's very popular in China. She was 30 years old and was well known for her wholesome, traditional, and entertaining videos. She had long dark hair, a pretty face, and a sincere smile. She was married to a man named Tung. His features are sharper and less friendly in the few photos I saw of him. He is tall and has a temper. They were childhood friends and had grown up as neighbors. Many children who grow into adults in the area that they live end their schooling with an elementary education. Tung couldn't continue his studies after graduating from junior high, but instead started running a van to make money for his family. His family eventually sold their property and opened a tea shop in an attempt to make a better income. He lived with his parents for quite a while. 
he worked when he felt like it and began spending more and more time with Lamu when they were about 17 or 18 years old. They got married shortly after and were together for over 10 years. Not long after they got married, Lamu's sister noticed that now and then Lamu's face would be red and swollen, and occasionally she would see bruises on her body. Lamu was a peaceful, tolerant girl, and only told her sister of the abuse she was suffering after her sister asked about her bruises. She learned that Tung had slapped Lamu in the face. She had tried to keep her face hidden that day. Lamu was often afraid of going out in public and being seen, so sometimes she wouldn't leave the house for a few days at a time, spending time only with close family. Lamu's mother seemed to be the backbone of the family, and because families living in the area often lived together, or with in-laws or parents living alongside their children and even their grandchildren, Lamu's mother, the matriarch of the family, soon found out as well. Lamu's mother also ruled with an iron fist. She was shrewd, strong, and capable, and according to family, she did everything and did it well. Her food was delicious, her clothing impeccable, and she was also very good at digging medicine in the mountains. She was not one to shy away in village meetings. She would speak up. So when Lamu started showing up with bruises or missing hair, her mother would go to Tung to talk. When these talks occurred, Tung would become restrained. He would tend to behave himself, and he wouldn't step out of line in front of Lamu's mother. Sadly, in 2011, her mother was diagnosed with advanced gallbladder cancer. Her family had no money for chemotherapy, and so she was sent home. The hospital essentially told her, if there's no money for treatment, the only thing to do is to wait for death. After being at home for one year, her mother passed away. Lamu's sister remembered that after her mother's passing, the injuries on her sister's body became more obvious and increasingly common. After these fights, Tung would apologize, admit his mistakes, beg forgiveness, and Lamu would forgive him. She considered divorce at this time, but part of the Chinese culture is that if someone divorces, the children are often split between the parents. Lamu was reluctant to give up one of her sons. At this time, she preferred to believe the tongue had the desire and capability to change. Lamu's father was very kind. He was honest and stubborn, but it can be said that he was weak and would not speak up, preferring a non-confrontational lifestyle. When Lamu became pregnant with her second child, her sister asked her if she really thought a pregnancy was a good idea, considering what was happening to Lamu behind closed doors. She asked, what if tongue doesn't change? Lamu's response was that he would change for the sake of the children. Unfortunately, even after the second baby was born, the domestic violence continued and even began to escalate. Eventually, Tung didn't even try to hide his abuse of Lamu. During a party celebrating the Spring Maiden Festival, Tung pulled Lamu into the street by her hair, and he punched her in the eye. A large portion of the upper right side of her hair was pulled out, causing her to be bald in that area. Tung became more and more possessive. He wanted her to be with him all the time and would often follow Lamu to her parents' house. Once she wanted to stay with her sister for the night, 
but Tung disagreed, and Lamu did not dare to insist that she stay with her sister. Her sister said, We didn't say anything. We were afraid that Tung would beat her on the way home. No one challenged his violence. People accepted his temper, perhaps reluctantly, but it was still accepted. Her father was silent. He was getting older and growing more and more frail. Nature was slowly taking back the power she had given him in his youth. When he witnessed Tung's abuse of Lamu, her father could be seen shaking. I believe his shaking to be pent-up rage and frustration that he was fighting to hold inside, knowing he would no longer be able to take on this younger, stronger man. As I said earlier, the only person that Lamu could talk to about the abuse was her sister, but Zalma remembered that only happened when Lamu could no longer hide her injuries. Lamu preferred to remain silent so she wouldn't be judged by family and friends. She knew she had a bitter pill to swallow and felt that there was nothing that could really be done. As the years with Tung went on, her sister and others could see the changes in her personality. She had always been a lovely girl with a charming personality and quick to smile. After a few years of marriage, she was still able to laugh when meeting family and friends, but later that smile seemed to be just a performance and fleeting. Her face was more often fraught with worry. In the last two years of her life, it seemed her escape may have been her videos and her social media friendships on Duyin. She began making videos of her time up in the mountains and her home life. Oftentimes she's alone in these videos, and this is where you get to see her true personality shine through. She would go up into the mountains for ten or more days, and during these times she appeared to be a completely different person. She would be smiling, talking to herself, and dancing on the videos. She would take time to photograph the food she ate. She would record her breakfasts, which were usually samsa powder mixed with ghee. She would enjoy her meal along with a hot tea and sugar, and while eating, she would talk to the camera, saying, It's delicious, my friends. She would film herself setting up an earthen stove in the wild. Her dinner would be cooked noodles, steamed rice, fried potatoes, bacon, yellow silk fungus, and green peppers, all fried together. The meals were simple and big because she worked so hard. They were fragrant and delicious. Often she would be seen eating on a plastic bag and using twigs as chopsticks because she didn't want to have to carry the extra weight of a bowl and utensils up into the mountains. Sometimes she would bring fish or shredded pork to eat for the first few days, but she was content to eat very simple, as long as it was something warm. While eating, she would make the comment that today's life is so good. She would video herself carrying huge packs of herbs and spices on her back. These bags were no joke. They were often almost as big as she was. The herb she would collect most commonly is kiang. It's a large plant that grows at altitude. The leaves look like bird feathers, and the roots are used as a medicine after being dried. Every year in July, August, and September, she would head to the mountains because it was time to harvest the herb. Lamu and her father would drive a dilapidated old van into the mountain but they would have to travel by foot much higher to gather the herb. The higher the altitude, the better the chances of finding what they were looking for. 
She would often wear the same pair of old green shoes, carry a medicinal hoe and a dirty old woven bag on her back while she searched the forest and brushes. She would stand on top of the mountains as close to the sky as she could get and she would sing traditional Tibetan songs. Sometimes she would sing across the mountains and wait to receive an echo coming back to her. She would film herself breaking into dance under the blue sky with white clouds and a gorgeous mountain view in the background. In those moments, her eyes would light up to match the smile on her face. You can see these videos yourself online, and you won't be the only one watching. She became more and more popular and had almost one million followers on her platform. She rarely wore makeup. Her clothes were often worn out and her body was rarely clean, but that was part of the appeal. Many of the other young female influencers on the same social forum were scantily clad, wearing tons of makeup, and talking about diets and men. These little videos were Lamu's outlet. People responded favorably to them, and there was always someone reaching out to her, telling her how entertaining she was, and cheering for her. As hopefully most of us have realized by now, what we see online, on Facebook, or TikTok, or YouTube, is only a little bit of someone's life. And usually, it's the positive side of someone's life. It's not reality. In the videos, Lamu looks like she's never experienced pain or been subject to cruelty. The reality was, she slept in a stone house that was covered by a plastic sheet, and it often leaked. You can see this in her videos, while she's photographing a few small yellow flowers that are struggling to grow from the cracks in the stone inside her home. She called her home a tent. People saw her as a kind, simple, and beautiful girl who didn't complain at all about the suffering in her life. The only thing we could see was the smile on her face, the light in her eyes, and this is why she became an internet celebrity. Even with her popularity, she didn't make any money. In fact, one fan sent her a gift, and she told them that she really liked it, but they shouldn't spend their money on a gift for her. Her life off video was much different. Her relationship with Tang was growing worse and worse. She would occasionally go to live with her father as a reprieve from Tang's beatings and to recover from her injuries. She finally divorced him in March of 2020. He did not take this well, and as per China's standards, he took the youngest son and she took the older. Tang was so upset about the divorce that he began to threaten her. He also threatened their son's life. Lamu called the police twice, asking for help, but they did nothing. When he threatened to kill their son or remarry her, she gave in and did what he demanded. Shortly after their second marriage to him, she approached authorities once more, asking for help and intervention. They told her that because she had remarried him, it had become her own personal family matter and that once again they wouldn't help her. Lamu then sought help from the Women's Federation, which is a government agency responsible for protecting the rights of women. They said they couldn't help her either. Lamu filed for divorce again, and it was granted. This time, Tung was given full custody of both of their sons. After this, Lamu essentially lived up in the mountains over the summer, picking the herbs and hiding from her husband. She made several videos during this time, 
for her fans on Duyin. One of them showed her tying branches to form a makeshift sled that she could pull her heavy packs on. She dug for herbs using her hands as shovels. Her hands were black with dirt that would never completely wash out. In one video, she timidly comments while washing her hands, and the dirt won't wash away. She says that she knows her hands are dirty, but don't come at her because they are her earning hands. Her clothes were dirty, and her life was repeatedly described as simple, but I don't think it was simple at all. She worked very hard, day in and day out. She would spend long days working and digging in the mountains, but her results depended greatly on luck. Sometimes she would dig several pounds of precious roots in a day, and sometimes she wouldn't find any at all. The root would sell for about 31 won per pound. The annual income in the area is less than 20,000 won, which is almost the entire income of Lamu and her father. This is about $3,000 in U.S. dollars. She was trying to make money so she could help support her boys and take care of her ailing father. She dreamed of living in the city, and while she and her husband were at their worst, she was offered the opportunity to move to the city. This was something that she always fantasized about. However, she turned down the opportunity, feeling the responsibility of taking care of her sons and father. Lamu chose to keep her life as it was, as long as she could raise her sons and take care of her ailing father. They are often seen in her videos. In one, she's washing her father's hair and giving him a nice hairstyle. Her boys would show up regularly. She would kiss them on their heads and say, You are my life. You always remind me to work hard. After working day after day for months in the mountain, one of her last posts was a video which showed that she had returned home. Her ex-husband found it and came to visit. He begged her to come back, apologizing for everything he had done wrong and vowed he would never do it again. This time, Lamu's response was apathy. She no longer responded to his manipulations. He became angry and crazy. He didn't like that she had no feelings toward him and that she no longer cared to be a part of his life. He escalated quickly. He held a kitchen knife to his youngest son's neck and said, I will kill him if we don't get married again. He later went down to the river and threatened Lamu that he would jump into the river with both his children if she wouldn't remarry him. She still didn't respond as he wanted her to. A day or two later, while she was broadcasting live in her home, someone was seen walking behind her, and then the video on her screen went black. Her fans could hear her screaming for help. Tung had ridden his motorcycle to her house. With him, he carried a large knife and a can of gasoline. Lamu's father and one of her sons were sleeping in a room nearby, but were awakened by Lamu's screams for help. When they ran into the kitchen, they saw that she had been doused in gasoline. The floor in the tiny home, the kitchen, and the living room were also covered. It's Lamu's sister's belief that he came to kill the entire family, not just her. Lamu screamed, Father, run! He's going to blow me up! They left and immediately called the police. A few seconds later, they ran back in with their cell phones, hearing Lamu pleading for her life. Before they could reach her, Tung lit her on fire. The flames leapt from her to the floors, spreading quickly through the house, and then there was an explosion. 
Lamu was horribly burned. 99% of her body was burnt black. The burns went all the way through her skin. In addition to the horrible burns, she had six or seven stab wounds. Her face was burnt black and seemed to have shrunken. She no longer appeared to have a nose. Obviously, she was in critical condition. When in the hospital, she fell into a deep coma. Lamu's hard-working, dirt-blackened fingers became burnt black hands that were curled stiffly, unable to straighten. Sixteen days after being set on fire, she succumbed to her injuries. The story gained widespread attention on social media platforms Duyin and Weibo. It went viral. Her fans set up a crowdfunding campaign and were able to raise over one million won in a time frame of only seven hours. Her death awakened domestic violence issues in China. Chinese citizens started speaking out against domestic violence, advocating for better laws and support systems in China. A poster that was shared online by hundreds of people said, Lamu suffered domestic abuse for over 10 years. She reached out for help many times with no response. She was burned alive by her ex-husband and died on September 30, 2020. We can't let this tragedy happen again. Let's confront the lack of action in the face of domestic violence. Popular Chinese actress Li Bingbing also spoke out about the matter on Weibo. She pled, Don't be indifferent. Don't stay silent. Domestic violence is not a family matter. It's a crime. Statistics back these problems up. In 2016, the All-China Women's Federation estimated 30% of married Chinese women have experienced some form of domestic violence. China's first national law against domestic violence was put in place in 2016, but the problem is still widespread. This is due partly to a lack of public awareness, partly because police officers and public enforcement regard this type of violence as a family matter, downplaying the severity. The second part of the problem is that repercussions for perpetrators of domestic violence are mild or even non-existent. Chinese social media users are saying that women who are victims of domestic violence only have two choices, either being beaten to death or feeling that the only other option is to kill the abuser. Lamu's case is not the only one to be talked about as a horrible example of domestic abuse. There are two more cases that are often brought up when hers is being spoken of. A woman named Don Shanshan, who was 26 years old from Beijing, was also being abused. She reported this abuse to police eight times, but the police were reluctant to intervene in something that was deemed to be a family dispute. After a final beating by her husband in 2009, she died of internal organ failure. Her husband was only sentenced to six years in prison. Another woman, called Lee, suffered abuse from her husband ever since they got married in 2009. She reported the abuse repeatedly, but authorities did not intervene. The abuse got worse and worse, and included having her head slammed against a wall. Her husband cut off one of her fingers and put out cigarettes on her face and body. Lee killed her husband with a gun after he drunkenly threatened to shoot her. She was sentenced to death in 2011. Finally, a woman named Miss Liu made headlines after she jumped from a second-story window to escape domestic violence. Video footage showed her landing on the street below. 
the jump left her paralyzed temporarily. The video went viral in 2018 after it became known that Miss Liu had filed for divorce, but it was denied by a local court. Her petition for divorce was denied because her husband was unwilling to separate and because her claims of domestic violence could not be verified without a criminal complaint. In the summer of 2020, she was finally granted a divorce. A new law that was released in 2020 introduced a mandatory cooling-off period of 30 days after couples filed for divorce. The law is intended to make people think twice about officially separating, but it also triggered public outrage because victims of domestic violence are even more vulnerable. Many people supporting Lamu and other victims of violence are in support of something called the Lamu Bill. This would legally empower victims of domestic abuse. It's suggested that it would include an automatic dissolution of marriage once one side wants a divorce for their own personal safety, and that marital rape should be criminalized. One post on the issue received over 630,000 likes, but the hashtag for the topic has been taken offline and off of Weibo hot search lists. China is well known for their censorship of news. Although censorship is quite common, if a story goes viral and is shared on many platforms, the censorship is not effective. Social media platforms such as Weibo and Douyin help users get their messages across. The call for action against domestic violence in China is everywhere. Lamu's husband survived the fire. He began walking down the mountain, and at the foot of the mountain, he asked for a bottle of water to drink from. His face was blackened, and he was easy to find by police. Police reported that Tung had burns on 45% of his body, the most serious of which was on his face as a layer of skin had been burnt away. Is it bad that I was hoping he had more severe injuries? While walking away from the scene, he lost a white sneaker. It sat for days, untouched on the side of the mountain. No one would dare touch it. I searched online for news as to where he is at in the legal process, but couldn't find anything. Perhaps some of you listening may know. If so, I'd like to know. Certainly, when he is sentenced, I will follow up. It was not easy to find information on this case. However, thanks to the help from Manya Kutza, who is the editor of whatsonweibo.com, she wrote about the story and also did a podcast. I was also able to find another article by a journalist named Gu Yu. It was titled, Lamu's Burned by Her Ex-Husband. I recommend that you read both these articles if you'd like to learn more about Lamu's case and about the state of domestic violence in China. I'll provide a link to these in the show description. I'd like to thank you all for listening to today's episode. If you have information you'd like to share on this case or you have a suggestion for a future case, please reach out to me through Facebook, email at twistedtravelandtruecrime at gmail.com, or Instagram, or even TikTok. I appreciate hearing from you guys so much. It helps me improve the podcast and gives me encouragement knowing that there are people out there who enjoy listening to these cases. Please share the podcast with a friend and spread the word for me. I would truly appreciate it. And to all of you listening, I'd like to wish you fair winds and following seas.